Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Those who are on the Uhuru can see sweeping over and around the ship are Ferdinand and Metatron ready to join the fray. Yoo-hoo, bros! My buddies? <laughs> Look, it is our bros! <laughs> <laughs> it's the Look, it's my buddy! Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see Jerk Off Jerry. I oh. Actually, he has grown on me recently. I'm really looking uh-huh. forward to him. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah... I uh, hope he wasn't bitten by five snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, I really hope he wasn't he's killed got by a snake. Phallomancy. He'd be able to control them, no problem. It, They're th- so right. similar to a hog. Do you know how to get out? Well, if we look around, do we just see forests in all directions? Yes. Do I know how to get out? You could make a roll for it. I will. This would be knowledge forbidden. Um, mm. Okay. Okay. And I'll say hard, but uh, blue die because Travis has definitely looked into it mm. as he is someone who has escaped the forest before. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowledge forbidden. Hard, you say? Yes, indeed. Okay. And a, with a blue? With a blue? Uh, yeah. Blue die. Hard is three? Hard is three. Uh, yeah. Whoops. That's this. Two successes and three threats. The thing that we have established is the forest belongs to the queen, but the sky does not. So if she is extending her power as far as it can go, um, there might be a part of the sky that like still counts as a forest. Maybe it's as far as her pollens can reach or whatnot. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it would take to fully be in the sky and not be away from the forest. But presumably if you get high enough, you'd probably be able to sail over what looks like right now an infinite forest. Mm -hmm. But – there's the risk of like, can the birds go that high? How tired are they? Um, how long are you going to have to travel at that altitude? Can you breathe up there? Which has suddenly become very important because hmm. before neither of you needed to breathe. Now one of you at least does. <laughs> I have a good idea of how to get out, but I don't know if we could do it. Okay. Then I think it is in our best interest to pursue at minimum getting you and the captain 
back to whatever before to what happened. We need to normal Friday. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Just I I think from a base level, whatever mm-hmm. we do before I pursue that, it, it, if we're going to escape your mom, hmm. probably getting us onto a level key, even keel mm-hmm. is the best thing. So let's uh, go. Assuming everything is good. Mm-hmm. Are you good? I'm good. I'm great. Are you good? Are you good? Did she talk to you at all? I'll be honest with you. I don't remember. That was so long. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I do remember one thing, but you don't need to worry about it. There's a little eye on your hand that winks at you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go uh, find our find our bros. Okay. There is uh, this moment where, like, the crew, again, like, now finally getting up to speed, waking up, is with you and, like, cheers as they see the birds coming back to the ship. And then there is a rumble as it appears that the forest basically adjacent to the Uhuru grows, grows quickly and lushly filling with flowers and leaves and greens to create the brilliant face of the forest queen. It looks down upon the ship struggling to break free of its branches with disdain. And you know that if you are going to escape here, you are going to have to fight for it. The (laughs) face looks down at the ship with disdain. And speaks. Now, strike him down. I command it. And two of you feel a stirring in your soul. What time of day is it? The sun has not yet set. Yeah, we're gonna, like, extend... Travis extends a hand out towards the sky. T. Travis, question mark. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, says says to him ah, it seems you've been treating me very well uh, yeah funny story you're not dead anymore but if you don't like it I'd be happy to kill you <laughs> <laughs> well shit <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you just come down here and we'll discuss that real briefly and then fight for our lives shall we sure it's, uh, it's, it's about time to mm. wrap this thing up anyway so yeah uh so having offered like we see the arm offered out towards uh Oromar. We'll, we'll go with that um but the other arm firmly placed behind back formal slightly too mm. formal interesting because you are hanging from the side of the ship right now i will remind oh you. right we're still i'm still yeah mid set through that kind of space that's so fine. i'll i'll um, reach your hand up and i'll pull you onto the bird and get you onto the ship yeah there we go that mm-hmm. that works perfectly for perfect then yeah 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 so yeah you you are snatched into the air and you can feel mm. the warmth oromar in your own hand <sighs> like you know that Travis did not just say that to fuck with you. You know mm. that your body is alive. 
Mm. And it's so complicated because that would be an alien sensation, the idea of seeing my own form and understanding that it's a Brit living body, but also I have been existing in a living body for the last roughly day at this point. And I don't know what it's like to exist in anybody properly right now. So it's all, the information is taken on board, but Oromar does not know how to feel about it right now. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot to unpack with your therapist, Mm. for sure. Mm. Okay. So uh, I'm glad that we could reconvene. How are you doing, Gable? Uh, Where's Jonnet? Jonnet is on the ship fighting animals or carving away mm. tree branches carving gable like says hi doing fine and then runs over to Jonnet. just leaps off the bird onto the mm-hmm. ship to start assisting hell yeah yeah, yeah. oh I, I feel like that that causes like a waterbed effect where you hit the the canopy uh and everything's like like <laughs> uh, uh, gable uh gable grabs Jonnet by the shoulders and like stares at him to just double triple check like oh, this is the real that's right one. yeah oh, oh gosh that's right oh uh, <laughs> it's been so long since we did that <laughs> uh gable like, let go there's things happening are you you are you you Yes. That's useless. Of course you would say that you are you. I And I'm not smart enough to do one of those, ask me something, only I would know. I'll just have to believe you, John. Are you real? Are you a real boy? Uh, hey, all right. I'm less of a boy than I was uh, a couple days ago. Well, actually, I actually have no idea how it feels like time has passed. And I don't know how long it's been since my birthday, but I'm an old, I'm I'm a man now. I'm a man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. You, you are a... a and a man, and also real, fantastic. Um, okay, Gable, what did I do? What did I? What did? What did you see me? What happened? It, it, hey, that's for me to know. We and you cut have... back to Gable murdering the fake Jonnet <laughs> really quick. <laughs> Those are visions that are just for me and my own heart and brain, and you don't need to worry about it. I'm going to take you at your word. All right, everything good here. I'm going to go to the helm. Oh, uh, it's, it's really good to see you. I, I okay, bye. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> My bros. My bros. My homies. I want to cut back to Oromar and Travis. Mm-hmm. You are now standing on the deck together. Oromar, you have been given your order. And, you know, you can also see the chaos around you. You can see the branches trying to intertwine with, mm. with the various lines and uh, mechanics and parts of the ship to hold it down you can see your crew fighting against beasts for their lives and you see travis in your now living body which there are a lot of wild implications about Mm -hmm. being completely reborn that we will uh, address but like you see your face like in a way that I, i think like the wrinkles and whatnot that you got from stress and whatnot are not there you still have wrinkles because like you're old but like Mm. you are refreshed in a way that like the the greatest korean spa in the world can only (laughs) like scratch the surface you you know you're seeing this but you are also you also know like what you swore to do in order to ensure the crew's safety yes so i think 
having a conversation on a ship mid-battle is something that Oromar has had a number of times mm. now across the, the story. And as a result, there is a degree of focus that the kind of camera and soundtrack also mm. align to. Like the background goes grey, the sounds Ooh. of kind of like battle kind of like slowly mutant. And the, the two figures remaining in colour are the, are the bodies forms of uh, Oromar and Travis. Mm. Shall we fight and then switch or switch and then fight? <laughs> You've been treating my body so well, but I think it, we we are both most efficient in in a in a in a body that we know best. And Oromar offers one hand for Travis to go take. Yeah, Travis takes his hand. He's mm-hmm. he's got no reason to assume anything. And uh I don't know, some some kind of poetic words occur here, I think is as it's like a Two souls burn once again and sort of switch places uh, to burn their own paths into the future. And as the body switching starts to take place, Oromar pulls his other hand out from behind his back, still skeletal, razor-tipped, alien almost, um, used to destroy the hearts of the living trees on the ground right and now as the soul transferal process begins he digs his fingers into his own travis's chest Mm. and tears across Mm. a fatal wound that he shall surely bleed to death from as the souls begin to switch oh damn (laughs) oh shit yeah all right Johnny, what? <laughs> we are preparing a role now. A role that, whether you know it or not, you have been building up to uh, this entire session. And actually, this entire arc. At the beginning, uh, you were posed a question from Dref. And that is, what keeps you alive? And he cautioned you that you really would have to know exactly what thing keeps you alive because that is what it takes for a soul that has been separated from a body in order to keep itself out of the river. So what am I rolling for? So this is going to be a roll for your will to live. Oh, God. You need to decide right now, does Travis want to live? And see the future. He did promise Margaret. He did promise Margaret. So I am going to say, you're right. He promised Margaret. Yeah, actually, I need you to count the reasons that Travis Matigo wants to live. And a promise to Margaret, we'll say, that counts as one yellow die. So that's your start. How hard is this? (laughs) This is daunting. <laughs> That's four. Yes, four. Okay. And I'm going to say two of those dice are red. Cool. Um, okay. Promise to Margaret. Um <sighs> That's it. Roll. I mean to I think out loud he would say to kill Gable once and for all. But probably, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to help them. Whatever we do, we do together. Mm-hmm. That's another Legally. yellow die. 
to find out what the fuck the captain did just now. <laughs> spite, oh, is I like that. spite is a reason. I'm going to give you a green die for that. I thought we were bros, man. Major. That is a major piece of spite. For uh, sure. Um. Oh man. High five, my my boy. Jerk off, Jerry. Best high fives, that guy. And I, I mean, I think one for um, you know, I, I just learned so much about Jonnet and his family, and I want to, I want to see him grow up in a way that I never got to. Oh, mm. I like that. And there is the promise behind it that you promised to protect him mm-hmm. so that he would be able to do that. Is that a yellow or a green? That's going to be a yellow. Good. Uh, and another another spite one. <laughs> I mean, I want to I want to kill the forest queen. As much as I would love to reward that with a die, you put that spite into an oakus ah, shit. inside the mouth of a snapping turtle, so you don't have it. Okay, Which again, enough. one of the most fascinating things about Travis Matigo, all the hatred for the forest queen and all the love that you had for the dead Margaret was put into a ring mm-hmm. and separated from your body. <laughs> it's Fascinating. If those are truly all of Travis's reasons for living, like it's more than I got. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I'm feeling okay. Oh yeah, three successes and five threats. (laughs) Okay, life is pretty threatening. So. You are shifting back into your body and you can feel yourself getting weaker as you move into your own body. Blood is spilling out of your heart. Blood pressure is like leaving uh, your chest and your limbs are getting heavier and the world is starting to get hazy and perhaps a bit dark and red. And this is a place that Travis Matigo has been mm. so many times before. So many times before. I think, Gable, you see what went down. There is one more thing, one unfinished plot thread that feels essential to address right now. Mm-hmm. And that is, there is a letter written to Travis from Margaret mm-hmm. that he asked you to give to him at a critical moment. Mm-hmm. I think as you are bleeding, the way to survive is very clear. And that is... Kill the captain. You'll have to change. <laughs> oh, sure. This, But like... You don't know. There is a sense that you are not sure that you can return to this body if you do change. So, like, this is like a big precipice moment. So, I change and I survive, but I might not be able to be human again? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there's there's a chance. And that is a really, like, big issue with what you know about how you need to defeat the Forest Queen. Why would I not be able to be a human again? I think it is because the forest queen kept you alive. Is the reason mm. that you couldn't die. She has lifted that protection and someone has dealt you a fatal blow. Mm-hmm. So I think if your body dies, then that might be kaput for that body. 
that's like so that that's what five threats is is the being that is travis madigo can live 100 for sure um um if i may yes deal a Please bit do. of a get wrecked <laughs> <laughs> i got half of a super fruit in my pocket oh get wrecked get wrecked <laughs> That rips. That absolutely <laughs> rips. So, gosh, what I think happens, what I think happens, I feel like that would, Oromar would have upheld his end of the bargain, though. Yes. Yep. That's exactly. Cool. I think Travis Madigo has dealt this lethal blow. Um, I want to know how Gable reacts to seeing that happen first. I think this is happening in bullet time. There's not a whole lot of time to react. So, like, we see the captain make the blow. Travis probably falls. And if he's already scrambling to get his fruit out of his pocket. I don't know that you can see that. I like the tension of this moment being there. I think, like, you see it. You might have time to cry out Travis or something. But I think members of the crew hold you back. I think it's like spit and maybe Wendell. Um, you know, Wendell's the only one who I can imagine having the raw physical power needed to hold Gable back, but they are holding you back because they saw the captain do this mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's like captain's orders. There must be a reason that mm-hmm. we're doing this. And it must look absolutely bizarre, right? Where Travis is yeah. all smiles, then tears a hole mm-hmm. in his own chest. Right. So they don't even see the captain horrifying. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. that's true so is that they're seeing Travis commit suicide or whatever maybe they're not holding you back Um, regardless across the ship the animals I think we're yeah I think we're too you've got to fight through Mm -hmm. like uh, there's multiple fights happening and so I'm just seeing Travis fucking tearing at himself for no reason animals like that are fighting attacking crew members suddenly stop and turn around and leave the ship. The vines and branches that are growing through the ship recede. Uh, the other thing, we, we rolled five threats on the roll. I don't think the eye closes up on Gable's hand. I think that is still there. I figured, yeah. yeah. So that recedes, and we feel the Uhuru like lift into the air. Travis, you've got this fruit. So, like, I know you can make your way out of this. Please describe how this goes down. Well, what's the captain doing? Yeah, actually, Nathan, great Mm. question. What's the captain doing? I think there is a... There's a pause as, like, senses realign and get back into original bodies again. And... Yeah, because it it feels to me that this is like a moment of all sensory information vanishing and then there being a pause and Mm. an entirely different wave of sensory information piling back in again. Mm. So currently, for for a good like 30 seconds, the captain does nothing except maybe they're holding their hands still Mm. in the air, processing the wave of information that comes back in. And then when that passes, there'll be a glance down and pat down of self. The Forest Queen is not physically here. 
there is a gigantic head made out of trees that mm. is looking down on the Uhuru. So is she physically there? Yes sure. and no. Mm. It's like kind of kaiju phase I, right now. I don't really recall Captain Oromar having a firearm. He might. Hold on. Oh, he does. He has sure. a very famous six-shooter pistol that's very big. Uh, okay. Cool. Oh, it's it being very big is absolutely perfect because <laughs> this is this is definitely a a tonal move rather than an effective one. <laughs> yeah. Upon the sense coming back into Oromar's body, he looks up at the tree-knotted face of the Forest Queen uh, says, we're going to be on our way, but for the road. (sighs) And just in one smooth motion, just pulls this big magnum of a gun, levels it at the Queen, and just takes a shot. And it's just going to land in a piece of wood and do nothing. But Mm -hmm. the the, the message, I think, is sent in the signature. It looks so fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah. And then what would be the kind of, like, call to, like, take to the air? Because, yeah, I guess Oromar would bellow immediately, kind of like, we're leaving. Take flight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. With that single shot ringing out straight through the forehead of the forest gigantic kaiju head of the forest queen uh a big gulp of air uh the freshest gulp of air the oromar veil mm. has mm. maybe ever taken mm. honestly and says take flight Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and this is a pretty big episode. So on October 19th of 2021, at exactly 9.18am, I received an email into my personal inbox from Johnny O'Mara titled, Travis Gets Diarrhea Until He Dies. Johnny O'Mara has been with this show through all of its forms for eight years. He was, in fact, apart from me, the only original cast member left on the show, which is a profoundly long time to do anything. And so when Johnny told me that he wanted to move on from the show, or at least step back as a main cast member, it was a shock, but it was also a thing that I had to respect. Skyjacks is something that I dearly love in a very deep part of my heart. And I want what's best for it. And that also means I want what's best for everyone who makes it. This isn't the kind of show that you can force or that you can make with only half the love in your heart. So I sat down with Johnny and we worked out an exit strategy for him. The problem was uh, the timing on this message was profoundly inconvenient. See, we had just wrapped up a major long arc that was very Travis-centric, uh, the, the, the Nordia arc. Um, at the time that I got this message, it was just after we had introduced Nathan. And the arcs that we were looking forward to in the future, you know, we wanted uh, Nathan to settle in as captain. I wanted to have an arc that was more built around Gable. Uh, and 
immediately after that, uh, because like this was a setting up du Mignon, right? I believe this was after our world building recording for du Mignon, which in our world building session, if you're you've got Patreon access, you know I was planning on that being a much longer arc. And immediately after du Mignon, what was supposed to happen? was Jonnet's Sweet Sixteen birthday, uh, uh, the Acheron arc, like a glimmer in our eyes. So I didn't plan on having a really Travis-centric thing until a long time from then. I wanted time for Oromar to settle into character. I wanted to make sure that Gable still felt essential and important to the story. And I also wanted Jonnet to have this central arc to shine without Travis taking up too much stage space or, or, or worry in people's minds and hearts. Because if Travis was going to exit the show, he needed to do it in style, which of course brings us into the wood. And this is a dark and twisting place. With this mid-roll, I wanted to do two things. I wanted to let you know in no uncertain terms that something very big is happening. I wanted to let you know why it's happening and prepare you for what is about to happen. But I also wanted to tell you a little bit about what the future looks like and the immediate future at that. So you're going to listen to the rest of this episode. And I really like the rest of this episode. Next week, we're sort of taking a week off. It's not exactly a week off. I've got something very special that is going to be in that slot, and I'll hopefully be able to collect uh, some of my thoughts on this arc uh, for you as well. But that is to fill some time so our listeners can write questions to us. Um, uh, and when I say questions to us, I mean, you know, partially questions to the show, but really any questions that you have uh, uh, to Johnny uh, that you would like to hear in a talk between me and him uh, where we sort of do a, a, a little retrospective uh, about his time on Skyjacks and, and campaign in general. If you have those questions, you can send them to campaign at oneshotpodcast.com. I really think that's the best place to send them. As we have in the past, I have to request, please, please, please don't talk about this in public places without spoiler protections, at least for one full week. It's a simple courtesy, but like this is a big thing and I want people to come to it in a nice way. This is hard enough and no one should feel like it got ruined for them. I'm really trying not to give too much away. So please uh, listen to the rest of the episode. Uh, before we get there, huge thank you to our backers on Patreon. And I cannot believe in an episode like this, in a moment like this, I have to say this, but here's a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky.
the crew, like, I think was frozen because what happened is <laughs> they saw their friend dig his own heart out with a bone claw and collapse to the ground. Uh-huh. That's one. Then they <laughs> yeah. saw like all of the animals and whatnot that they were fighting stop and start to recede. So suddenly the fight is over. That's two. Okay. Yeah. Then their captain turns around and shoots at a luminary, you know, which I'm sure arises lots of uh, emotions within people. And an order is given. And I think that order snaps them out of whatever haze that they were in. Those that need to attend to tasks in order for the Uhuru to rise to air, move to their stations and start their positions. But those who were close to Travis Matigo are left in confusion and terror as they see him on the ground. Yeah, Gable runs over. They're not listening yeah. to a order right now. Same. Like, uh, Jonathan is like, right, is borderline panicking. <laughs> is he just like bleeding out right now? I mean, Johnny, yeah. I'll leave this to your description. I th- So I think G- when Gable comes up, Travis is going to be like, in my, in my pocket. What's in your pocket? Yeah, he can barely speak right now. Like he, his blood is leaving his chest. And this is the thing, you're fading in and out of consciousness, Travis. And time and time again, the reasons that you have to live are what keeps you clawing back to communicate desperately to Gable the way that you can be saved. Don't, don't let me throw up. <laughs> and I think you're like looking through my pockets, getting I mean, tons and tons of watches and, oh, and yeah. like just bullshit out Which of like, cars. If you open one of them, there's like one of those spring snakes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Johnny, uh, can you get there something? There are several live doves. <laughs> Johnny, keep on looking. You're looking. Uh, uh, there's a food. The doves are after me. The doves are after you, me. You pull a, a handkerchief and you keep pulling, and there's more and more handkerchiefs, and then it's a pair of boxers with hearts on them. If you die in such a silly way, I will never forgive you. Please. There's a bouquet of flowers that you pull out. They light fire, and then there's just smoke everywhere. Travis, <laughs> balls everywhere. Travis, <laughs> Travis, you have too many props. <laughs> Jonet, you reach into uh, Travis's coat pocket, and the first day that he met you, he did a card trick that didn't go mm. right, but your card from that trick is in his pocket. Oh my god. And has been the entire time that he's known you. Is this your card? <laughs> when the, no. I find it, right? No, it's <laughs> okay, uh and then so I I have it. I'm just going to tip his mouth open, uh but and squeeze into his mouth. Yeah. And then hold his mouth closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and like <laughs> pet his throat like a dog <laughs> to make sure oh, he swallows. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Oh my god, it's so bad. Yes, I know. I was going to throw uh. up. You made me not throw up. We oh god, I wish it was poison. Ah! <laughs> uh. uh. And what what do we see? Ah! <laughs> uh. Describe how you heal. I think Travis. like sort of if my heart was like actually ripped out of my body, I oh, think like mm. whatever I was. I think it was pierced. Pe- okay, pierced. Was, yeah. Then I think like you can see starting from like the heart, it kind of, you see the the muscle and flesh like stitch back together. And then each next layer like kind of stitches 
again and again until like at the very end everything is like nice except for my shirt is not fixed shirt is ruined that's, uh, that's generous way of like putting sap and all other sorts of bits and pieces previously so and, and it was yeah. already pretty bad and also <laughs> now your blood yeah mm. oh and you notice that like you had a broken finger and it is mm. kind of mending now but like clearly at some point during the day Oromar broke your finger <laughs> uh, uh does i think what we do uh we i, I tell john lean over him we have to pretend like he's still dead why? Okay. What? The animals went away when he died. Oh. We have to pretend like he's still dead, John. It. Oh, like, Travis! <laughs> tra- Travis, not Travis. Oh. Oh. Like just covering up his whole body with our bodies. <laughs> John, John, yeah, John oh. takes off his bandana and like throws it over his uh, Travis's face. Travis, sleep, oh. sleep, Prince, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone from this world to the other one. Travis? Gable. Gable, Travis. Oh, he will be missed as the best, most handsome member of the whole crew. That's that's his ghost yelling at us as as he departs this mortal coil. Get, Get the captain for me. There's something else in my pocket I need him to see. I need the captain to see the death in person of Travis Madigo, Captain. Look into his eyes so that you may know <laughs> sadness. The captain is kind of like looking across the board of the top deck, watching everybody kind of get back into position and back into action. And uh, he turns towards uh, the huddle of the three of them, walks within under the voice talking range and says, You've already survived 200 years. I'm sure you could live another day. <laughs> There's something I need you to see. Travis makes a big production of digging into all of his pockets. Mm-hmm. Kind of, oh, I know it's here somewhere. And then he reaches into one and pulls out the fucking double deuces. Gives him the uh, finger, a cold one between hey. the shoulder blade. What was that? I, I, will, I will kill you. I will kill you. Go to sleep. No, we're high enough. It's fine. He shot the tree in the head. We're gone. You can see the the forest beneath you rages. Like there is a pulse. Birds like explode Mm -hmm. from the branches. Mm -hmm. Like there is this. (laughs) It's just screaming as you like see so many uh, pieces of wildlife and whatnot disturbed. And like there is a rumbling voice. Run, my son, run to whatever dark corner of the earth you imagine you can hide from me, and you will find that it does not exist, for my moon touches all. I will find you and your love, and I will take all of it. Prove it. Oromar <laughs> uh, uh, kind of like looks quite flatly at the uh, middle fingers you've thrown back up at him. I'm sure this isn't the first time you've put uh, somebody's life on the line for a magic trick, Travis Matagam. <laughs> well, no, of course not. I'll see you for dinner in uh, an hour. And uh, he turns around and just walks off deck. I think he kind of. 
returns to his quarters actually without saying anything. He like marks, he walks past members of the crew, kind of asking him for direction or asking if he's fine, and kind of ignores them. And just that was incredible. That was incredible, Captain. Thank you for returning to us and 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 uh, ensuring that we escape once again. <laughs> just- You're welcome, by the way. Catman, I'm I'm doing I'm doing a survey, uh, dead and injured right now. I should have a more thorough report in a bit, but uh, we did take some losses. Mm. And uh, to both of those, the the door to the uh, captain's quarters like closes, and he goes over to the full length mirror that was in there next to the wardrobe. He has many jackets, and I think. While he's been dead, he tends to put something over the mirror unless he needs it. Mm. And he removes the kind of like cloth that's over the mirror and uh, stares back at himself for a couple seconds. And it's weird how even just kind of looking at himself, he can tell that he's alive. It's imperceptible almost. I guess once you've been dead, you understand the signs. Or maybe a coroner would obviously be able to understand the signs (laughs) of death at first glance. But he has none of that medical knowledge. All he knows is that looking at himself in the mirror, there is actually blood moving underneath his skin. There is a warmth, a glow that he doesn't recognize himself having. Something that it's something that's been only for other people, and he kind of gave away his desire for that. He actually managed to almost formally accept the fact that he would never have to return to his body again and to exist as an as an object and be okay with that. And he burst into tears. Mm-hmm. We cut away. We cut back to the top deck with Travis and Gable and Jonnet watching as the patch of green that makes up the Queen's Forest shrinks below. Uh, The farther and farther you get from it, the more at ease you feel. You can feel like the adrenaline leaving your bodies, finally able to breathe a sigh of relief. How long were we in there? I don't think we'll know for a little bit. So, Jonnet, did you have a good birthday? (laughs) I mean, the birthday was, the birthday was great. I feel, I feel like it was a while ago. I, I feel, I feel like, the birth I could be coming up on another birthday for all I know. There's <laughs> there was so much dust in in the ho- in the 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 barracks. I also Gable, you've got more marks. You've got cu- cuts and scrapes too. So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, okay. If we're all going to talk about things that each other has done and has No, I'm sorry. I was being defensive. No, no, no. Hey, look. Look. No, uh uh no, no it's it's that's that's fine. And I think like yeah, <laughs> at that like John John was like okay, um well, I'll I'll uh I I'll I'll talk I'll talk about it no, later. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're all 
coming down from a stressful event. Me and Travis had a time, and you and the captain had a time. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna, let me do something real quick. Uh, Gable shuffles in their pocket and pulls out Margaret's letter and just, like, thumps it onto Travis's chest. While the blood is still... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Gable. I don't want this anymore. You don't need to read it, but I don't feel it's appropriate for me to have it anymore. Jonnet, I'm sorry. The forest queen gave me feathers, I think. I don't remember. That's why I was defensive. I didn't hey, know exactly hey, what to say. It's it's okay. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's, as long as, as long as we don't have to deal with her for, yeah, a little, a little while. Also, is Hip here? Why is Hip here? Because he was with us. We, he, he was with it the whole time. And, and, uh, you know, it, I guess he's a part of the crew now. I don't, well, I could leave that up to him. Someone should ask Kip if he wants to be part of the crew. Has anyone seen Jerk Off Jerry, that saint of a man? <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing him. Did you, have you seen him, John? Um, no. And that unsettles me. Well, he's, I could imagine what he's doing. <laughs> Travis, you are looking at the horizon and holding this letter. I feel like it would be best for you to open it first. Mm -hmm. Uh, You open it, and what tumbles out is a columbine. Mm. It is a bud of a columbine flower. Describe to me Travis's, like, journey that leads him to his decision. Uh, So I think that Gable and Jonnet are still kind of behind him. He's like turned around to look and he's going to open it and read it. He sees that flower. He takes the flower, puts it in his pocket or like by his, by his heart. Well, his that pocket's all fucked up. Um, <laughs> well, his coat uh, his is coat pocket. Yeah. Yeah. And m- recently much of it is emptied. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he puts that there. He maybe, I think like, I assume the first line of the letter is like, dear Travis, or, you know, something like that. Some, some bull crap like I'll that. I'll give you the first line yeah. of the letter. Dear Tervis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> D- doesn't know how to spell your name. That's the thing. Uh, we didn't reveal this. Margaret is mostly illiterate. <laughs> um, <laughs> to my fleeing rabbit, my wayward bird, my wandering coyote, my mended serpent, and whatever strange thing the seasons have made of my William. Yeah, that's all I'll read. Mm. I'm going to tear it up, oh. throw it over the side of the ship, oh. and then I'm going to turn back to them and I'm going to say, Jonnet, yeah. I want to make sure that you never have to worry about the Forest Queen again. Okay, well, I mean, and, everything that we've done seems to just increase that worry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> seems as time goes on, it gets worse. Well, yeah. I, I know that's... I'm, we're, not, we're, not, we're not building any bridges over here. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I'm working. I'm working towards a moment, and you'll see. And you. And then you'll say, "Oh, geez, thanks, thank you, Travis. You're so selfless. Where would I be without you?" And when we got a timeline for when that's going to be. <laughs> no, no one on this ship is safe as long as I'm here, and as long as she's out there. And as much as I wish, and this is not a dick, you all had the power to. Help me take her down. You don't. Gable, please do consider that a dig. There's only one person who can help me. And I think she knows it too. And I want to hear her say it herself. 
because I think the two of us can end this once and for all. I don't want you to be in danger anymore. Travis, we live on a sky pirate ship, okay? Danger is what we do. What are you talking about? This is a whole different... I'm a... I mean, not to brag, (laughs) but I'm kind of a luminary, you know? And it's... um, That brings a different kind of danger than your regular sky piracy, (laughs) you know? Oh, gosh. I... I feel as if I'm looking at myself from many months ago, convincing myself that because I'm so dangerous, I must be away. Well, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, yes and no. I'm leaving to protect you, but also to do some stuff to save you. You're leaving? It's okay to just want to be with her. Well, that too. Um, Is there, so we... Margaret and I are still like stringed together, right? Yes, indeed. So can I sort of like tug on that string to say like, "Hey, where you up?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like like where where are you? Yeah, um, I'm so sorry. The ring finger of your left hand, you can feel the trace of that connection. Hmm. Even as someone who is not familiar with that type of magic, it weighs on you now so heavily, so close, you can feel it. You give it a tug, I presume? Yeah. As you do, you can feel in your pocket Mm. the bud of the columbine blooms. And somewhere far away, far across the land and lakes and rivers of sphere... Margaret, who is, I can't speak to what her situation is because that's a whole other thing that we record, but Margaret sees that a budded columbine in her own possession blooms, Mm. letting her know that her love comes along. There's a a couple things I want to do before I... Sure. First thing, I, I want to leave something with the ship that kind of has the same... I want to tie myself to the ship so that I can, you know, if one of us needs to get in touch mm-hmm. with the other one. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. So you want it to be to the ship, right? The, the ship. Well, I mean, you know, really, Jonathan Gable, but the, you're the ship, you know. Uh, Who's the most likely to stick around with the ship? Uh, what if? Okay. Well, because I don't, I mean, realistically, I don't really care about the ship. It's like you guys. Then I think it should be Jonathan and Gable. Okay. Well, you've already got one. I've already got my little twist tie. With you, mm. yeah, and uh, John has a promise to you. Like, we've all, okay. we all got twist ties. There are things, <laughs> but you can you can re you can reaffirm them. Like, yeah. there there are things that you could do. Gestures, like gestures, especially gestures involving like hands mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, that's kind of what this is all about. If you need me, just flip the double deuce. Um, <laughs> right between the shoulder blades. Let's get another sting of that sound effect. <laughs> Jonathan, you and I are bound. I made a promise to protect you, and this is this is how I'm going to do it. You've still got the mariner and the red feathers and God damn it. We we've each got something, huh? I know. And if we were smart, we would all three of us leave the boat. I am I imagine I imagine scurvy is rampant on these things. <laughs> uh, you know, et cetera, all of the other stuff. But this Don't is forget venereal disease. Oh God, yeah, you're not part of this. <laughs> That's what's so great about Jerk Off Jerry is that he's just not susceptible to that. Do sort you of want thing. to make a tie to Natural Jerk Off Jerry immunity. before you go? No, I don't want to touch his hands. 
<laughs> this is how I can protect you from the one thing that I have control over. And if you need me, I guess just get yourself into some mortal peril and and I'll know. And then what? And then and then and then, and then I wait. I wait the <laughs> what? Four to twelve days that it'll take you to actually like get up and and act on it. Is then, that a point? then, then what? And then I wait longer for you to make your way to me by way of snake or 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 bird. Pretty inefficient. Well, then, then don't. I don't care. I don't know. I don't know if you do, Travis. And I, I know you care, but like you keep saying one thing and doing another. So if you gotta go, then go. Then go. Then go. Are you are you doing a, an old yeller to me? <laughs> get get <laughs> out of here. And get. The yeah. yeah. No, you you get you get. Job it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. If anything, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take your bunk if you if you gotta go. And and then you, and then you look you look at and Jonet is. Is not doing a good job of like fighting back like some welling up like tears in his eyes. And if you gotta go, then go. All right. Yeah. You do you, Travis. Go, 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 go look out for you. Go get what you want. Cause that's what matters. It's always what matters. I'm looking out for everyone here. I bet. I'm going, I am going to become the most powerful luminary in the deck so that I can keep. My friends from harm. And Gable, don't don't come find me. Okay. <laughs> I here's the thing. I'll see I you. I know. I'll see you. It's not even a it, we don't even have to worry. Hey, if not soon, then at least at the end. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And um, you know, if anyone wants to find out, well, no. I'll I'll say goodbye to him. I'm going to say goodbye to the captain. Maybe we meet here at um, sunrise. I'll, you can see me off. I'll get Ferdinand ready. No, keep him. I don't think we have a cage for him. It would be more convenient if he left. I don't want him here. Well, you have to be the one to tell him that you don't want him here. I, I don't you want it's your bird. It'll go fast. It's faster. You're making things harder for yourself. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll take it. The bird is fast. Okay, I'll take I was it. trying to do a nice gesture. I'll take the bird to see you all. Sunrise. All right. I'll, I'll go down to the captain's quarters. <clears throat> all right. We cut to the captain's quarters. Uh, I'll I'll knock on the door. It's uh, it's it's Travis. Um, uh, so if you Ormar starts in surprise, I don't. I think he stopped looking at the mirror, but is still you know not really paying attention to the world around him but with a loud knock on the door it kind of uh, brings him into a uh, focus and attention come in um first i wanted to say again you're welcome um i hope you enjoy your living body mm. and you can tell actually that he's been crying <laughs> it's uh, pretty visually obvious oh it's been a been a while i mm. bet you forgot how how that feels. Funnily enough, Travis Matagone, I have had a surprisingly recent experience of existing inside a living body, so this has become <laughs> slightly less of a shock than expected. Why, though, 
Well, I I didn't do it on purpose. Um, oh, I well, I hope you out. I suppose that <laughs> that that puts my mind at ease somehow. <laughs> uh, he kind of like uh, uh, flops in the actual chair uh, behind the desk and kind of leans back at it and stares at the ceiling. Uh, when I transform, I'm reborn. So I've heard. I've never looked at the books. <gasps> and I guess I transformed while I was in your body. So your body was reborn. The rules are ever-changing, aren't they? Or at least they apply to us in interesting ways of us still. They don't call me the changeling for nothing. Hmm. I wanted to tell you that um, I'm leaving. I... I'm going to kill the Forest Queen. For you and Jonathan, And not for Gable. <laughs> there is a, a quiet stare and a blink. Okay. I also wanted to thank you for killing me. Because it made me realize all of the things I had to live for. And it made me realize that a promise that I made was not a hollow one. Killing you was maybe the uh, single thing that saved the entirety of the Uhuru crew. So, to that end, I suppose, thank you as well. And all the best on what is sounding like a journey you feel you must take yourself. Thank you. I know we've had sort of a, an interesting relationship I hope there's no hard feelings. I feel like, you know, killing me maybe makes us even. Um, but I, I wanted to say it's been, it's been an honor to serve on your ship. Oromar goes over to the cabinet that contains uh, a variety of bottles of alcohol and two small glasses, and sits down and pours a uh, a, a glass of rum for himself and for you, and. How how do you like feel, Travis? Like emotionally? Hmm. I feel ready. Hmm. Unfortunately, because we are now both alive, and there are no strings, no objects, no magic that kind of connects our two souls. Oromar doesn't feel that feeling of readiness. Hmm. Yeah, Oromar. I will say to that effect. There are many things that you knew as a dead man that sat within your soul, your consciousness, as simple facts about the world that existed. But now, as a living man, they weigh on you. Your emotions are a torrent. and Things that felt resolved or far away are now very currently close at hand. And you say this as you grapple with all of that torrent inside your heart. And Travis does not feel that either. Mm. Instead, what he feels is the cold glass of the rum pushed into his hand as Oromar um, sit, leans back on the front of the desk to... Life-changing journeys for the both of us. Hmm. Travis, you know, raises his glass. Take flight. I'll miss you. You know, I'll, I'll miss ha being around on the ship with you. Um, but I'll miss having you with me. 
Because, you know, even if you hated me, even if you were mad at me, I knew I was never alone. I don't hate you, Travis Mathagay. But I feel we probably, well, I feel you are maybe one of the few people in this world that actually understands me now. Because of the Freaky Friday. <laughs> because I mean, we've been connected those, uh, spiritually those, for like yeah, months. No, but that's how Freaky Fridays that work. This was the Fridays inevitable work. sort of result of Which doing that. I suppose that too, yes, but I meant <laughs> the whole, you know what, it's fine. <laughs> Take flight and fuck off, Travis. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) They clink glasses. (laughs) I think they, I I like the idea that we talked about the thread between them, Mm -hmm. like because the magical one is dissolved. I think in this gesture, a new one is forged. I like the idea of doing the interlinked arms Mm. and take a shot. You know, and we can see with the eyes that Margaret would be able to see a new thread tied between these two of understanding, of friendship shared between two people who share an understanding of an essential truth. And we cut from there across the Uhuru. And I will say this is a bittersweet evening. There are so many who are thankful to be alive, but there are also those who fell in the fight. Everyone has their dicks at half-mast for Jerk-Off Jerry. <sighs> Buddy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we know Jerk-Off Jerry is the one that we know about. Mm-hmm. However. Oh no. oh, no. Yeah. So there were some unresolved threats from Travis's role uh, that I think will count against the Uhuru death charge. And this is uh, specifically to the fans who uh, are out there complaining about how the Uhuru death chart like doesn't kill enough people and how there's too much protecting characters. I dedicate this scene to you. Jesus Christ. As I now, as I now roll more on the Uhuru death chart, 53 will be safe. So that's one down. 52 is also safe. 100 is also safe. (laughs) And our final one, 41. And 41 is safe. So. Wow. So the fans can suck it. Fans can suck it. We did a lot of rolls on this chart. And hey, we did kill what I would consider a fairly major minor character. Mm -hmm. But the appropriate one. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly the appropriate one. He's jerking off in hell somewhere now. (laughs) He made it too long, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) So there is an evening of drink. People prepare for what will be a funeral and a remembrance sometime the next morning. But of course, that is not the only thing that is happening in the morning. Crew gather. It is not the entire ship. I imagine more than anyone else aboard the Uhuru, people had a complicated relationship with Travis Matigo. Mm-hmm. But there are those who arrive to see him off. Nodos is one. I think Slam is most certainly another. 
Uh, Tears blubbering that he can't wipe from his face. Yeah, he can't catch it. He can't reach. (laughs) He's too beefy. (laughs) Uh, He can kind of wipe them away because his face muscles are so developed that he can like flex them away. He punches his face with his face to get the tears away. (laughs) Um, uh, But of course, Jonnet and Gable and the captain are there. I think Spit as well. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else on the ship. Nope, that's it. That's got to be it. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the people who are here to see this. Bathroom Barry would be here, but he is a consummate professional, yeah. and he. Mm-hmm. I think Jonnet kind of comes up and, hey, um, it's kind of hard to imagine what uh, the ship is going to be like with you, and it's, it's without you, and I guess it's kind of hard but I guess I I do want you to be happy and if and if you've got to leave to really be happy because Travis sometimes like I I kind of don't know what you want and so if this is it then I'm not going to get in the way and I'm not going to make you feel bad for for going Jonnet, I think for the first time in a very long time, I finally know exactly what I want. And I promise that if you're ever in mortal peril, in four to 12 business days, <laughs> I will be by your side. I Business days. Biz- biz- so yeah, so like... <laughs> so three weeks. Really? Three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> three weeks <laughs> Why? <laughs> so if you're making good time, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna do this and you're gonna leave, which I am fine with, I have one request. Mm-hmm. I want to hold on to the first watch you ever stole. Wow! Oh. It's an old one. You know what? If you got if you're gonna leave, then you gotta leave something. I respect that, and. Yeah, it's yours. Jonnet, the watch that he passes you is broken. The interior of the watch has long ago rusted so that the components stop working. There's really only one part of it that is unmarred, and it is a piece that you recognize very well. And you recognize it from your vision of your future. You reach into your pocket and withdraw the pocket watch that you got all the way back in Wolf's Tooth and compare the two. They are the same model, twins of the same make. The only difference between them is the one that you have just been given bears the insignia that you recognize from the watch in your vision. You were always meant to have this. And you were always meant to receive it in this way. You can feel yourself becoming the man you know yourself to be. I think at that, I feel like Jonnet John gets the watch from Travis, pulls out the watch from Wolf's Tooth, and just like, oh, Travis, of course. And then like he like lunges at Travis with the biggest hug that uh, that a young that a young uh, captain to be can muster. After the hug, Travis says, oh, oh, 
don't forget this, and gives him the original watch that he just took. Hate <laughs> 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 it. Get out of here. Get out of here. Captain, if you need me, just put Jonnet's life in mortal peril. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> You're so assured that I'll need you, Travis Matagam. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> who who wouldn't? Who, yes, who wouldn't? Well, I'll bear I'll bear that in mind. Should I want to go and read that story of yours again? I am, however, and, busy writing my own. I'll compare notes at some point. Oh, and just um, don't turn my bunk into like a craft room or an exercise room or anything. I. <laughs> A craft room. Well, we do we do need uh, additional space for the orphans to uh, have free study periods. So I'll consider the uh, land use policy of your previous bunk. <laughs> Fair enough. Spit approaches Travis. Um, no, <laughs> Madigo. What? You've you've only been with us around a year, but for some reason it feels like. Almost eight years you've been around, <laughs> and you've given a lot over those years. You've taken a lot, too. <laughs> but I got to admit, you gave a lot. And I know those folks who can see through all the things you took appreciate that. And uh, if you ever feel like coming back, I know you got to come here. Thank you, Spit. And if there's any time before the bird takes off and... You want to explore some of the feelings, <laughs> the connection that I feel like we maybe have been developing over the course of that year, well, that yes. love, hate, give, take sort of. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. All right. Offer's just on the table. It's no. on the table. Mm-mm. That's all I'm saying. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> this is all happening in front of everyone. <laughs> well, that's why Spitz into it. Spitz. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's Spit is now going to go off and do something in remembrance of Jerry. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Jerry is a is a role on the ship. <laughs> That's that never his name. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. The, who will take the mantle of jerk off Jerry yeah, now? Michelle. That, well, I mean, there. it's now like it's so great that people have to share it now, mm. you know? The burden. Bear that boner. Uh, who who else is there? Anyone else left? Um, I think Nodos will nod at you, mm. but by this time, yeah. the tacking and the bridle is probably done. So you're going to want to stop every three hours. I know he's going to go fast; it'll wear him out. Typically, you would do every four, but just try and take it easy. And every so often, like just try and give him a little bit of a treat because you know it'll be good for you, good for him. You're sharing food at the same time. It teaches you that get into meal patterns and if you're going to be traveling traveling for a while then i don't know um uh, i've got water skins and some jerky if you need it uh i don't see why you would you don't like jerky very much <laughs> uh yeah so there you go you know of all the times that we've said goodbye i can't help but think this time you're actually a little sad i don't know why gosh I mean, I'll see you. Of course, I'll see you. That's that's it. <laughs> but I don't know. This maybe I'm just tired. I don't know. We had, you had a big day. 
you know. <laughs> <laughs> big babies have big days. Give her my best. All right? She's a great gal. If anything happens to John at where his life's in mortal peril, can you just keep an eye on him for four to 12 business days? <laughs> <laughs> It's almost three weeks. <laughs> Four. Well, it's it's either one week or three weeks. <laughs> it really gets you. <sighs> I will, but I have a feeling that he is going to want his own time. Hmm. Good thing I gave him a watch. Um. Well, I guess if no one else has any sort of fireworks or yeah, I think actually you probably turn to realize that everyone else in the room has kind of been respectfully averting their eyes from you saying goodbye to Gable. Hmm. They can sense the weight of it. We're done. We're <laughs> we're going to see each other again. It's not, it's a handcock. We're not going to make out or anything. <laughs> we're a handcock, you said? <laughs> no. We're going to see each other. <laughs> Cosmically, it's a whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure you're seeing each other. What? No, come on. Was there Everyone fucking like high fives, Zoramar. Everybody high fives, I don't like this side of you. You're too... You, I don't you, like it. You came to life, and now you've got a little toot. It's the, <laughs> <laughs> it's the vim and vigor of the living, clearly. <laughs> um, uh, do you want us to hug? I'll hug him. I'll give him a hug. Give me a hug. Whatever floats <laughs> your boat, Gable. Uh, they, hug. they hug, they hug. You know, something that I think is really cool is uh, nobody did this when Dreff died. And I think that's – I appreciate it. You know, because it's he nice to died. Know that, You're not dead. Well, I know. But it's just nice to know that you know people kind of like me a little bit more than they liked him. And that's fun for me. Well, some people I mean, are just Dreff like – left extremely suddenly. It was very sudden. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> just so – it was almost like we found out basically as it happened we are contractually obligated to hang out with you for an extended <laughs> period of time so it's like a stockholm syndrome mm. thing really let me see there's four four business days a wash no you scribbled these down the draft thing no okay i think that i think that covers it um well <laughs> I think the next time I see you, I'll be the most powerful luminary in the deck, and we can defeat whatever forces of evil might come our way. Uh, and, and that's pretty cool, I think. And thank you. You know, I of all the ships I've been on, this was my favorite. And um, I appreciate it. We appreciate you, Travis. Do you need a boost? <laughs> no, I can... When Gable says that, I'm going to jump off the side of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I'm going to, uh, I think Ferdinand is going to jump after me. Yep. I'm going to fly up as a bird. Mm-hmm. I'm going uh, from, I'm going to drop a changeling card that's going to float down <laughs> and and land on the ship. Eight point. And I'm, and I'm going to say... I don't need a boost because I'm a different bird. And then we're going to fly off into the sunset. Boom! <laughs> or the sunrise, I guess. God, he's so fucking cool. I hate it so much. I hate him, but he's also so cool. And so, Travis Matigo departs the Uhuru. 
Not forever, but for now. And for long enough that it matters. said there are different kinds of joust. I fly mostly mounted, but I also mess around with one of the other forms. I'm not as good, so I only really fly it in training or for very special exhibitions. It's called Tengu Dori. If you think I'm a little wild considering how dangerous mounted can be, wait till you hear how this one works. So basically, we call mounted joust mounted because you have to stay on the bird. If you get knocked off, you lose points or even get disqualified in some competitions. But in Tengu Dori, the whole point is someone getting out of the saddle. Instead of flying at each other, an attacker literally jumps off of the back of their bird to fight a defender on the back of their bird. Your attacker is usually on a small, fast, and maneuverable bird. They fly patterns and dives trying to get an unexpected angle on the defender. They use a special saddle where they're squatting or kneeling. No straps, and some people even fly without safety lines. So when the right moment comes, they can jump off. They drop down onto their opponent's bird, and they have a limited time to make an attack. That's usually just a quick clash or a skirmish. Now, if they're off their bird too long, that becomes a technical dismount, and they give up heaps of points. Which means these attackers jump off a bird mid-flight, get in a fight, and then jump back onto their bird. I know, I couldn't believe it either. And yes, people miss, people fall, and sometimes people get hurt. But there are a bunch of safety precautions, including your regular armor, which mitigate the risk of a fall. I don't attack, though. I play defense. As a defender, you need a really big bird, like a goose, a crane, or a swan. You rig them up with a saddle so big, it's actually like a small arena. You wait for your attacker to come to you, and then you defend your territory. I know you haven't known me that long, but you might think a speed junkie like me would have been more drawn to attacking, but defense actually has a lot in common with the mounted joust, at least in my head. You have to know how to watch your opponent and be patient with your moves. You also have to be strong as hell and a really good scrapper. You can probably guess by the name it's not from Aram. The histories I've read said this evolved from a desperate military gambit that some group of people pulled to defend their homes a long time ago during the time of nations. There was this invading military force, and these people were surrounded and completely outnumbered, basically down to just their aerial units. But by taking this wild risk, they used their remaining soldiers to start stealing their opponents' birds by dropping attackers onto them mid-air. They called the maneuver, or I guess really the people pulling it, Tengu Dori, which I am told means sky goblins, or some kind of goblin. 
The thing I think is really funny is we don't know if that name was made up by the people who came up with this strategy, or if it's what their opponents called them mid-fight. Either way, it has stuck. And it became such a thing that it became part of competitions. Now, there are also style variations within the Tengu Dori. These days, it's really popular to track number, location, and strength of hits scored in a skirmish. Though I really don't like that style as much because I think it really favors attackers. A more traditional style is the Takara, where the defender has an objective that the attacker is trying to break or steal. I think there is way more strategy in that one, but these days it doesn't really seem to be enough to please crowds. That said, though, Tengu Dori is actually really popular with crowds. But thanks to the snaggletoothed eels over at the FJC, you're really limited for venues where you can see a Tengu Dori match this far into the mainland. Because there are so many mounted clubs around Aram, they don't like the competition. It's a real bummer because there are some amazing Tengu flyers who would be living so much easier if they had more events here. Hmm. Well, I have to hand it to you. I think by now, even a diehard fan of mine would be sick of me. Could it be that you're sticking around because you want to take me home? Slain God! Now I have you blushing! Don't worry, it's cute. Or handsome. Whatever you want it to be. I like it. Oh? You have a secret for me? Uh, I cannot believe you just said that to me. Keep talking? Now I'm blushing. Oh my god. I can hear my team laughing from here. Oh, all right. All right. You asked for it, but you are playing a very dangerous game now. I am going to keep talking, but we're going to do it in a much more private spot away from prying eyes. By the way, that was the smoothest transition you're going to get. I do not get smoother than that. So if you want me to stop talking about jousting now, you're going to have to shut me up. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. You can stream his short film, Lining, on the Roku app. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny in Briefs, or on his podcast, Bill Buds. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades who can be found on Twitter at PhantomArtsENT, or streaming at twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my podcast, OneShot. 
The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him over on Twitter at Arnie Parrott or on his website, ATP Tunes. This episode was edited by Allie Grauer, who can be found on Twitter at Dreams to Become or on her podcast, Skyjack's Courier's Call. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Lunarum. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show was made in part by using a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals. There are no kings. Take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near the rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky